chill. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Data, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, April 8th, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of DoubleWideNetwork.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is The LDS White Horse Rides Again. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day, Lord. You know so many things are going on in our life today. And Lord, we just ask that we be focused in the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit, that the word that you have prepared and ordained for the world to hear this day go out around the world with the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being our Savior, and we just ask that everything be done and said in the name of the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ. And we command in the name of Jesus Christ that every foul spirit, every hindering spirit, every spirit of lust, control, and pride, and wickedness, and demonic activity be bound this very hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command that it be done, and we plead the blood of Jesus against you, Satan. And we call it done in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Welcome, folks. Greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another alluring episode of Streams in the Desert Live, internet radio broadcast. As we begin the broadcast today, which I might add is going to be quite action-packed, I have a few things that I would like to share with you. The first of which is that back in 1997, the Lord pointed out to me through a little book that I was reading at the time, of which the Holy Spirit directed me to, concerning what is now called called Japan's lost 20 years, which entails the years between 1991 and the year 2011 when Japan went through an economic collapse, that was, in a word, a mini version of the one that the entire planet went through in 2008. And when the devastation caused by the March 11, 2011 earthquake, tsunami, destruction of the Fukushima nuclear plant, and mass loss of life are factored in, it just boils down to one big 
situation that they've never been able to recover from. With that said, let us return our thoughts back to current-day America and touch on what lies just over the horizon for her as a nation. The point in bringing up Japan is that when the Lord led me to the little book, he impressed on my spirit and my heart that what took place in Japan would one day be coming to the United States of America. In other words, what happened in 2008 was only a prelude to what is just about to take place in America and around the world, which will make everything from the time of the Great Depression to the meltdown of 2008 seem as though it were merely a minor fender bender or a walk in the park. It is said that soon, and very soon, Greece may be feeling the same effects that Cyprus did in its banking crisis of 2012 and 13. When on March 25, 2013, the monies that depositors held in banks of Cyprus that were over the allowed banking insurance limit were confiscated by what was called a one-time bank levy on all uninsured deposits. And depending on which bank of Cyprus you had your money in, the depositors lost between 40 to 60% of anything that they had in their bank account over 100,000 euros. With that said, it is as well being tossed about today that soon, uh, let's say around September or October of 2015, or maybe a little sooner or a little later, the people of America may as well see all or a portion of their bank deposits disappear. So, now the question is, how do you think most Americans would deal with such a sudden scenario? Well, about all I can say is that I personally think it would be really a bad scene, to say the least. With that in mind, let us now take a closer look at a host of things that could really play a strange but significant part in that which is about to take place. My friends, at first it may seem to be a wicked web we weave, but hopefully in the end it will all come together to paint a picture that unfortunately should probably be hanging in the night gallery. First on our macabre lineup of information is an article titled Obama's Secret Meeting with Mormon Leaders Sparks End Time Fears from April 5th, 2015, posted on com, of which in part states that the text of a recently translated communique between the Russian and Chinese branches of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints LDS Church, or informally the Mormon Church, is chilling in that it describes last week's sudden and unannounced visit by President Barack Obama to Salt Lake City, Utah, to meet with top church officials as a warning 
that the end of times may be here. Later in the report, it is said that President Obama, who was previously scheduled to be in Utah on Friday, the 3rd of April, for his first ever visit to the state, to participate in a new program aimed at employing U.S. veterans in solar energy industries, instead arrived with no notice Thursday evening, 2nd of April, at Hill Air Force Base, or HAFB, whereupon he was then spirited in a high-speed convoy to the Sheraton Hotel in Salt Lake City, 48 kilometers or 30 miles south of HAFB, where he met in secret with the top Mormon church leaders, including President Harry B. Ehring, President Dieter F. Utdorf of First Presidency, Elder L. Tom Perry, and Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So sudden and secretive was this unscheduled meeting between President Obama and Mormon church leaders, U.S. reporters erupted in anger over it, and as evident by this article in the Daily Caller News Service, which in part said, the White House Correspondents Association is reportedly crafting a list of demands to be sent to the White House after an incident last week in which a pool of reporters covering the president's visit to Salt Lake City were turned away from a meeting between Obama and Mormon leaders. As to why these reporters were not allowed to be near President Obama when he met with Mormon church leaders, FSB's experts in this report state was due to the documents that they were all viewing relating to what is commonly called the White Horse Prophecy. Now, my friends, I have to tell you this. This is the third time that the Lord God has given me an assignment to report on the infamous White Horse Prophecy. My first broadcast concerning this so-called prophecy was aired on May 24, 2011, and was titled GB and the White Horse. The second broadcast was from November 6, 2012, and was titled White Horse Prophecy Part 2 Revisited. Meanwhile, back at the article, the White Horse Prophecy, the report explains, is a statement purported to have been made in 1843 by Joseph Smith, Jr., founder of the Latter-day Saint movement, regarding the future of the Mormons and the United States. And you know what, my friends? On that note, we'll be right back after the break to continue our exploration of the White Horse Prophecy. Make a way for Make a way for Make a way for the King The King is coming
wicked ways are coming undone. Every eye is looking out for you. by the newsboys. Oh, it reminds me of last March when I was at God's Not Dead seven times. Oh, it was awesome. Well, anyway, you can get it on DVD and you really should. I don't think anybody should be without a copy of it. In fact, I just wrote that in my review on Amazon.com last night where I got my DVD of God's Not Dead. So check it out, my friends. And with that said, now to better help you understand what the White Horse Prophecy is all about, I have taken the liberty to extract a few quotes from a Mormon site called LatterdayConservative.com, where prominent characters who have served in high places in the Mormon church expound upon elements of this so-called prophecy. Just before we get into seeing what some of the Mormon church leaders have said about the so-called White Horse Prophecy, let us first see exactly what the founder and so-called prophet of the LDS movement, who is Joseph Smith Jr., really said. The Latter-day Conservative.com site says that the following isn't accepted as the most uh, accurate and verified statement and has been quoted by several modern LDS so-called, my words, not theirs, uh, prophets of which states, my friends, quote, even this nation will be on the very verge of crumbling to pieces and tumbling to the ground. And when the Constitution is upon the brink of ruin, this people, in other words, my friends, the elders of the LDS Church, will be the staff upon which the nation shall lean, and they shall bear the Constitution away from the very verge of destruction, 
source, Joseph Smith Collection, LDS Church, Historical Department, Joseph Smith, on July 19th, 1840. Or how about this one? Uh, Let us examine just what some of these so-called, my word's not theirs, modern-day LDS prophets had to say about the Constitution hanging by a thread. Take, for instance, uh, Ezra Taft Benson, who said, quote, Will we be prepared? Will we be among those who will bear the Constitution away from the very verge of destruction? If we desire to be numbered among those who will, here are some things that we need and must do. Number one, we must be righteous and moral. Number two, we must learn the principles of the Constitution and then abide by its precepts. Number three, we must become involved in civic affairs. Number four, we must make our influence felt by our vote and our letters and our advice. I have faith that the Constitution will be saved as prophesied by Justice Smith, but it will not be saved in Washington. I have to add in, ha, 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 how how come I would probably think the same thing if I even believed in this? Uh, It will be saved by the citizens of this nation who love and cherish freedom. It will be saved by enlightened members of this church, men and women who will subscribe to and abide the principles of the Constitution. Source, CHB 28 through 31. Moving back to the article concerning Obama's secret meeting with Mormon leaders in Salt Lake City last week on the 2nd of April, it is also said that as to how powerful the Mormon church is, this report further notes is shrouded in deep secrecy, but by some estimates may be as much as $17 trillion worldwide and includes an estimated $7 billion in yearly donations, plus their mass land holdings that property records show include land in all 2,825 counties in the United States. The church also holds the title to land under a variety of different names, which it also refused to disclose. So, it is virtually impossible to determine independently how much property the church owns and where. Under the Federation's Law on Freedom of Conscience and Religious Associations, FSB experts in this report say registration documents provided by the Mormon Church show it has a global membership of over 15 million all of whom, under their religious tenets and structure, hold what are called community property beliefs, meaning, in essence, that the money and the land owned by each individual member is also owned by the church. Interesting. So, globally, economically powerful has the Mormon church become. In fact, this report continues, even the State Council of the People's Republic of China was forced to recognize it and allow its growth 
in a nation not known to be a bastion of religious freedom. Even more concerning, at least for the U.S., of the Mormon Church's association with China, this report states has been, listen up, my friends, its moves to transfer its tremendous wealth to the China's to China's long-awaited international payment system to process cross-border yuan tra- transactions that is now ready and may be launched as early as September or October as the world is now set to enter the most chaotic and destructive economic depression in history says the article They'll sound like they'd be my words, and they are my words too, but this is in the article. This report further warns that with America's labor force alone soaring to an unprecedented 92.3 million unemployed, the Mormon church siding with China against the U.S. has indeed been noticed by the Obama regime as its home state of Utah, has been targeted by the U.S. Army Special Operations Command as a, quote, hostile enemy state in the upcoming and unprecedented war games against American civilians called Jade Helm. My friends, in the coming months, I will be bringing you more updates on the Jade Helm 15 Special Forces War Games that are slated for the middle of this summer, as the Lord wills. For now, let us move on to an article that could possibly explain to some degree the reason that they may be getting ready for this Special Forces Operation Drill here in America. The title of this article is China's International Payments System Ready, Could Launch by Year End. Sources, posted by Reuters, dated March 9, 2015, of which begins thusly by saying China's long-awaited international payment system to process cross-border U1 Transactions is ready and may be launched as early as September or October. Three sources with direct knowledge of the matter told Reuters. The launch of the China International Payment System, or SIPS, will remove one of the biggest hurdles to to internationalizing the yuan and should increase global usage of the Chinese currency by cutting transaction costs and processing time. The system, which would be a worldwide payments superhighway for the yuan, will replace a patchwork of networks and allow hassle-free remimbi transactions. The SIPS is ready now, and China has selected 20 banks to do the testing, among which are 13 are Chinese banks, and the rest are subsidiaries of foreign banks, said a senior banking source who is involved in the matter. The official launch will be September or October, depending on the results of testing and preparation, the source said.
A second source with direct knowledge of the matter said authorities want to launch the first phase of SIPs before December. It's not a plan, but we are trying our best to have the first phase of SIPs online before the end of this year, said the source, who declined to be named because he is uh, not authorized to speak to the media. If it is all smooth, the launch will be in September or October. My friends, did you notice how they keep repeating that? September, October, September, October. Remember, this is a Smita year. The 29th of Elul will uh, be the last day of the last uh, month of the year on the Hebrew calendar. And it will come on September 13th, my friends. And at the end of your Smita year, you either get a, you either get a blessing if you've followed the Lord and been faithful unto him, or you get a judgment according to the word of God, my friends. What will it be? What will it be for America? Hmm. The system was expected to be launched in 2014, but was delayed by technical problems. You know, the Lord has a perfect timing for everything, my friends. With most market participants anticipating it would not come on stream before 2016. Currently, cross-border U1 clearing has to be done either through one of the offshore U1 clearing banks in like Hong Kong, Singapore, or London, or else with the help of a correspondent bank in mainland China. The launch of SIPs will enable companies outside of China to clear U1 transactions with their Chinese counterparts directly reducing the number of stages a payment has to go through. China's Yuan became one of the world's top five payment currencies in November of 2014. Wow, things are moving fast, my friends. Overtaking the Canadian dollar and the Australian dollar, according to global transaction service organization SWIFT. Global yuan payments increased by 20.3% in value in December, compared to a year earlier, while the growth for payments across all currency was 14.9% for the same period, Swift said. China has accelerated the pace uh, to internationalize its currency in recent years. The central bank assigned 10 official yuan clearing banks last year, bringing the total number to 14 globally that can clear yuan transactions with China. The People's Bank of China was not immediately available for comment when contacted. My friends, just as I said a few moments ago when using Cyprus and Greece as models, the idea of a bail-in versus a bail-out is when, shall we say, the government takes it upon themselves to permanently borrow your bank deposits and other assets, of which at this very moment are a mystery as to exactly what they may include, and is what is now being seriously looked at behind the scenes as a mode of operation in America 
when the next phase of the global systemic financial meltdown kicks into high gear, you say, uh, when might this possibly happen? Well, considering that, this is a, there again, Shemitah year, and at the same time, a year of judgment allowed and ordained by the very hand of the one and only true and living God, who is not only the creator of heaven, earth, mankind, and Israel, but is, but is at the same time, the heavenly father of our Lord, master, and only savior, who is Jesus Christ. Seems to possibly indicate that the action could probably begin as it has for the last two Shemitah years, of 2001 and 2008 on the 29th day, or there again, the last day of the month and year of the Hebrew secular calendar in which the month is Elul and translates as well to the first day of Tishri, which is to say the first day of the year and month of the Hebrew calendar in the Hebrew year of 5776. And last but in no way least, it will be the 13th day of September 2015 on the U.S. calendar, which is conveniently situated just two days prior to the end of Operation Jade Helm 15, which is so named for the fact that it will be conducted over an eight-week period beginning July 15th, 2015 and ending on September 15th, 2015. So what I am getting at is that Jade Helm 15 exercise may be possibly a dress rehearsal for what is perhaps about to take place here in America. With that said, our next article describes a set of people that the Jade Helm forces will most definitely, without a doubt, be training to subdue and can be seen in this Jade Helm 15 U.S. Patriots counter-surveillance article titled U.S. Patriots Launch Counter-Jade Helm Protest in 15 States. Posted April 1st, 2015 by J.D. Hayes, writer for naturalnews.com, of which begins by stating that a U.S. military exercise involving hundreds of special operations force, including Navy SEALs and Army Green Berets, that is set to kick off in a number of states around the country and focus on the South and Southwest is prompting a number of patriot organizations to man up and launch what they describe as a massive counter-surveillance exercise. In response to these covert domestic military exercises, activists have launched a Facebook page titled Counter Jade Helm Exercises, of which I am not directing to you to by any means, my friends. This is not something I would have you to do, and I will tell you why shortly. That is hosted by Peter Lanteri, former president of Icon Tactical Industries, 
since the military wants to infiltrate our towns for practice, then we, the patriots, should use this as a counter-surveillance exercise, states the page's description. I'm calling on all militias and other patriot groups to counter this exercise with surveillance of the military's attempt to infiltrate U.S. towns. Citizens concerned with increased domestic military activity can join the Facebook group to get involved in the counter-surveillance exercise and help safeguard our liberties. Not so good, my friends. A Department of Defense PowerPoint presents and is posted online and describes Jade Helm saying that about 1,200 exercise participants will engage in an eight-week unconventional warfare training with local officials. J.H., or Jade Helm, is a challenging eight-week joint military and interagency, or IA, unconventional warfare, or UW, exercise conducted throughout Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, and since the time of this posting, my friends, Mississippi has been added and so has Florida for logistics, I'm sure. Uh, The article goes on to say that the PowerPoint proposal uh, adds that its aim is to improve the Special Operations Force, or UW, which is the Unconventional Warfare, capability as part of the National Security Strategy. The preparation, or excuse me, the, the presentation describes the exercises as realistic military training, which it defines as taking place outside of a federal military base or other f- federal federally uh, owned property and being designed to ensure proper coordination between DOD or the Department of Defense and local and regional authorities. The exercise is scheduled to run from, there again, July 15th to September 15th. In addition to SEALs and Green Beret troops, the other forces involved in the exercises include U.S. Air Force Special Operations Command, USMC Special uh, Operations Command, USMC Expeditionary Units, and elements of the 2nd 82 Airborne Division. Increasing military activity on the ground and in the air. A Facebook post from a 2012 GOP congressional candidate from Georgia, Greg Palin says that he has information from a reliable, well-connected inside source that militias are on high alert over the exercise. Palin's post also included a Jason A. video discussing the exercise as a possible prelude to martial law. Hmm. Given that the troops are special ops forces, not just regular forces, and that they will be operating among the civilian population at times 
wearing civilian clothing so they can mesh with the locals rather than on a military base. Training for unrest in America? For this part, the military says, the exercise is necessary because the Special Operations Force need to train amidst a changing threat environment. The concern by most is that the Special Ops troops are focusing on a changing American threat environment, given that some of the states involved in the training, like Texas, New Mexico, and Utah, are deemed as hostile. Also, it is important to note that in preparation for Iraq and Afghanistan, the U.S. forces trained with actors who pretended to be Iraqi and Afghani nationals, in some cases, actual nationals from those countries who had been hired by the Defense Department to assist in training, were used. In addition... As noted by the Jason A. video, so-called urban training by U.S. military, aviation, and ground forces has been increasing over the past several months. In some scenes, military Blackhawk helicopters can be seen landing in urban, uh, urban environments as if dropping off or picking up forces. Also, mock internments of citizens are being rehearsed. In the video, it is unclear whether the military units involved are regular activity, regular active duty forces or state National Guard units, the latter of which are often seen on civilian highways and in the sky. My friends, what most people are not taking into consideration is that these military exercises are being conducted to collect data concerning the conduct of everyday people to see how they will react to what is taking place during these drills. This is most likely being done to see how riled up people in certain groups will become. So when the things that the elite have planned for the next uprising, which will most likely be here in America and caused due to, say, something like a loss of all or part of their hard-earned money being confiscated right before their very eyes from their savings and checking accounts, my friends, we are as one of the just-shared articles stated, headed into a time of chaos, such as has never been seen here in America, of which sadly is probably going to get out of control very quickly, due to the fact that people of this nation have never seen or been involved in such a dark time. Which, my friends, reminds me of a reoccurring dream, a prophetic dream in nature, that my oldest daughter, Tony, was given back a number of years ago, of which I feel compelled to share with you here today. She shared this dream with me on July 22nd, 
2008, of which I promptly recorded and began, and begins thusly, my friends. Today, about 7 p.m. in the evening, I received a call from our oldest daughter, Tony. We chatted for a while, and then she said to me, Mom, I've been having some very disturbing dreams. I said, what kind of dreams? She answered and said, well, I've been having this reoccurring dream over the past few months. And I said, what do you mean? She said, and I might add, she was very reluctant to talk about these dreams. I keep having this dream that I am living in a mall. It reminds me of the Metro Center Mall because of the way that it's laid out. I mean, it has the same kind of covered bus stop area where all the buses line up to load people. Then she said, as she finds herself living in this mall, that the court area just outside of the stores is where she and many others are apparently living. She said that it's like living on the street, but inside a mall. She said that the people are just milling around inside the mall as if they were in the middle of a city living out on the streets. She said that the people seem to be very much in their own little worlds, not paying attention to anyone or anything, but are just kind of walking around like zombies. She said that she sometimes finds herself in the public restroom located in this mall, and that she notices that there are no towels or soap, just toilet stalls with no doors, and an enclosure for showers with a few shower heads on the wall, no shower curtain or privacy of any kind. She also notices in these dreams that people seem very interested in these things that look like bingo cards with squares on them that are stamped when you need to buy something. She said that they must represent the money system because people who are otherwise lethargic seem to find the strength to clash over them. She said that the stores within the mall are not like stores you would usually see in a regular mall with their bright colors and lights. She said that they were dingy, ill-lit, and cluttered. She said that one of the most interesting things that she notices is that she knows no one in this setting. She sees no friends, family, or for that matter, anyone that she knows. Another strange anomaly is that there are loudspeakers and people are making some kind of an announcement over them, but she doesn't catch what they're saying. She seems to think that maybe they're giving bus route information. She said because of the morose atmosphere inside the mall, she finds herself quite frequently going outside to get fresh air and sunlight. But when she gets outside, she notices that when she looks off into the not-so-far distance, that there is a sturdy fence around the edge of the mall parking lot, as if the mall is being used for some kind of a detention center or prison. She also said that the buses picked up, or excuse me, she says that the buses packed like sardines, with people come and go on a regular basis. These people seem like that the only thing they have to their name are the clothes on their back, but that some of them are carrying strange earthly possessions, things like a record album and various other items. She also mentioned that she sees someone, 
she sees some other people in buses that seem to be renegades. It seems that no one really either sees or bothers them. She doesn't know if they are the good guys or the Mad Max guys. She said that you can see a freeway from the mall where she's located, and there are no cars on it or any other road that she can see for for that matter, matter. Just huge trucks as in supply, moving trucks, semis, etc., and passenger buses. What do these reoccurring dreams represent? This is what I wrote at the end at that time. I don't know, but I believe that we will all find out sooner than we would like to. May the Lord Jesus give us the peace that surpasses all understanding as we walk in the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit in the dreadful time that is yet to come. And Lord, I pray that all of us are and will be ready to meet you soon and very soon when you crack the eastern sky. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. One more thing, my friends, that I must tell you is that soon and very soon, the world at large will be throwing their silver and gold in the streets. For it will not provide the support as it has for these many past millenniums. For the word of the Lord God says in Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 10 through 19, Behold the day, behold it is come, the morning is gone forth, the rod has budded, or blossomed, pride has budded. Violence is risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain, nor of their multitude, nor of any of theirs, neither shall there be wailing for them. The time is come, the day draweth near. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn, for the wrath is upon all the multitude thereof. For the seller shall not return to that which is sold, although they are yet alive. For the vision is touching the for the vision is touching the whole multitude thereof, which shall not return, neither shall any strengthen himself in the iniquity of his life. They have blown the trumpet even to make all ready, but none goeth to the battle. For my, says the Lord God Almighty, wrath is upon all the multitude thereof. The sword is without, and the pestilence and famine within. He that is in the field shall die with the sword, and he that is in the city, famine and pestilence shall devour. But they that escape of them shall escape, and shall be on the mountains like doves of the valley." all of them mourning, every one for his iniquity. All hands shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. They shall also gird themselves with sackcloth, and horror shall cover them, and shame shall be upon all faces, and baldness upon all their heads. They shall cast their silver into the streets." and their gold shall be removed. 
Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not be satisfied. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowels, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. My friends, there is a time coming shortly that has never been seen since the beginning of time as we know it, and you need to be ready to choose in whom you will serve for all eternity. For Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight, or narrow, is the gate, and narrow is the way, or the method, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it, says Jesus. And you know why he says that narrow is the way, or the method? Because people have got to get it through their heads that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life. Otherwise, my friends, you can believe in your rainbow buses with your butterflies and and all people are the same and all religions are the same, but they're not. The Lord Jesus Christ is living proof that they are not. And he is the holder of eternal life. And therefore, my friends, if you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in good standing at the time you take your last breath, I am sorry, but today is the day of salvation. And from that point on, you will be cast into hell and only waiting for the great white throne judgment day of God to further be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity with Satan, the false prophet, the Antichrist, and everyone in this world who thinks they're on some kind of a rainbow butterfly trip and that they can get to eternal life any way other than through the precious and holy shed blood of the only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ. My friends, you don't have to believe me. The fact is, is what I say will come true, because they are not my words. They are the words that the Lord God has pinned through the timeless blood, not only of Jesus Christ, but every martyr upon the face of this earth that has been, is, and will be that Jesus Christ came to pay the price for the sin of this world And you cannot go out and believe whatever you want to believe any way you want to believe it and believe that all roads lead to heaven because they do not. And you have been warned from the Lord God this day. For these words are not my words. They are his. I am the messenger. I am the watchman. I've come to warn you that trouble is on the way. And with that said, my friends, If you were to pass away suddenly, without time, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, where would you find yourself? In paradise with the Lord Jesus Christ or in hell, awaiting the great white throne judgment day of God? and then to forever be cast into the lake of fire that burns with fire 
for all eternity. My friends, the Lord God says in his word that there are books being written. There are volumes and volumes and volumes of books being written. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, you will find these words. It tells you the books are opened on the great white throne judgment day of God, which comes at the end of the time as we know it and the end of the millennial kingdom time, which is the next thousand years that will be of peace on this earth to the chosen of God that God has chosen through the remnant of the Jews and us who have gone on before in the rapture. Everyone else that died in their sins will not live again, my friends, until the end of the thousand years. And then they will be raised to stand before God at the great white throne and judgment day of God, where the books are opened, and another book is opened, which is the book of life. My friends, names are written in volumes and volumes and volumes of books that say, rejected, rejected, rejected. No, not that God has rejected you, but that you have rejected the gift of his one and only begotten son who he sent from glory and eternity past to the present to take your place and my place upon the cross of Calvary that we might have eternal life if we would only believe that his one and only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ, is the only savior of all mankind, which he is. My friends, it says that if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, remember this is Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. You go look it up for yourself. The Lord tells us that we need to know his word, know it well, know it correctly for ourselves. See that no man deceives you because it is the major sign that the time of the Lord Jesus Christ is upon us and he shall return soon. He said, see that no man deceive you with empty and vain words that they're on their rainbow bus with their, their butterflies. My friends, all roads do not lead to heaven. Only the road that the Lord Jesus Christ walked from the cradle to the throne in blood-stained steps. You can be a part of that, my friends, but it's your choice. At the end of Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, the last thing that says... And this is the thing you need to get, my friends. It says, For whosoever, for whosoever's name is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. My friends, the earth is the devil's playground. Unfortunately, man in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, remember them? They gave the dominion of earth over to Satan. That's why people are too worried about being here and there, going on trips, going on uh, to games and doing their Facebook and doing all this. These are the distractions of Satan because guess what? He already knows where he's going and he wants you to go with him. And my friends, Just keep doing what you're doing and rejecting Jesus Christ, and you will, I promise you, 
without a doubt, with the stamp of the seal of God right on it, you will be joining him in the lake of fire if you do not repent, which means to turn from your sins, ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and begin to walk in the word of God as written in the New Testament, which is the blood-stained footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ for us. Written in blood, my friends, we are to be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, if you're not, guess what? On the day that I'm out of here in the rapture, you're not even going to know it. I'm going to be forever changed into my glorified body. And you're going to be left here. And when you're left here, you're not going to know that I'm even gone. You will not know that something's wrong until you get the word on probably the Facebook and the TV and the radio, uh, the XM, you name it, baby. I'm telling you, it's going to come across and it's going to say, required. Everyone who plans on eating, working, breathing, doing anything upon the face of this planet from this second forward is required to receive the mark of the beast. Which, my friends, if you take the mark of the beast, God will reject you. From that moment on, you're rejected for eternity. I don't care if you would want to turn to the Lord. He would not accept you then. With that said, my friends, you need to be ready, watching, and waiting on this side of the rapture. Because on the other side of the rapture, if you decide all of a sudden that you now you're ready to go, and you know what? There will be those that the Lord chooses on the other side of the rapture. But it's not anybody within the hearing of my voice that understands what I'm saying because he says today is the day of salvation. And if you hear me today and understand what I'm saying and you don't make that choice to go with him in the rapture when he comes, you will be the first in line on the other side of the rapture during the time of great tribulation and the open rule and reign of the Antichrist to receive the mark of the beast. Because the only people on the other side of the rapture that are going to receive the Lord Jesus Christ are those appointed by God, A, which no one on this side knows who that is, and B, they're going to get their heads chopped off for sure because they're already starting it now and soon it will be mandatory to renounce Jesus Christ or you'll have your head chopped off. And on that side... They will do it, my friends. So with that said, and thinking about all the things that are coming, I mean, tomorrow we could wake up, my friends, and all of our money could be gone, just the same as it has in a lot of countries. We're here. We don't notice it. But it's still going on, and it's headed this way, and a whole lot more with it. So, my friends, I've done everything that I know to bring you the word that the Lord has prepared today. And that dream that our daughter had that was prophetic is one that is now ready to come into play. With that said, I want to pray for you here at the end of the show. Lord God, today our time is short. And I just ask that for all that would open their spiritual eyes and ears to receive your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, by asking Jesus to forgive them of their sins, to begin to know your word, know it well, and know it correctly, and ask the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit to come upon them, to guide them and lead them into all truth and righteousness. I pray today, Lord, that they will come with a broken spirit and contrite heart that would be heard by the Lord Jesus Christ, because that is the person he hears, one with a broken heart 
and contrite spirit and ask to be forgiven. And with that said, I ask it all in Jesus' name, Lord, because I'm on the way. I'm ready to go, but I'm doing the work that you put me here to do. And with that said, I ask it all in Jesus' name. And my friends, I will not be here next week. So therefore, we will be doing a rebroadcast of Global Economic Meltdown, which seems quite timely at this point. And with that said, it's a wrap. Thank you once again for tuning in today for Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast here on DoubleWideNetwork.com. Folks, don't forget to visit StreamsAZ.org daily on the web for updates on prophetic news from around the world. And stay connected with me via social media and the Twitter by visiting the Streams in the Desert Live landing page at DoubleWideNetwork.com forward slash streams in the desert. This is Pastor Dana saying shalom and blessings to you all in the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, my Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King and Messiah, yours too, I hope. And until we meet again in a couple of weeks at 355 for Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and make and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Until we meet again, shalom, shalom. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on DoubleWideNetwork.com, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page which can be easily located on the doublewidenetwork.com Streams in the Desert Live landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?